about Mark, I could talk about our squash game, so I won't. Uh, but I will say, you know, I, I don't encourage you to check out men and women like this, but Mark is a special breed. And there may be a point halfway through his very enthusiastic sermon where he pumps out of his shirt, pops the buttons with this incredible muscle that he's put on recently. I could say that, but I won't. I'll just say, put your hands together for the wonderful, the inspired, the absolutely beautiful Mark Helvegian. My word, my Thanks, buddy. It's not often that you get someone proclaim one's training regime to hundreds of people in a Sunday morning. <laughs> stop it, stop it. Enough. All right, enough. God, he's having far too much fun, isn't he? You know, I think you should have a YouTube channel, actually, Richard's Intros. I think that would be good, actually. I'd like to watch that. That was some laughter here, good stuff. How are you guys? You well? Yes? Fantastic. Well, it is always wonderful, a privilege and an honor to be here with you and bring the Lord's word this morning. As Richard mentioned, we are starting a brand new seven-week series, uh, which I'm kicking off this morning. And the last series we had, which was Choose Life over Easter. Who was blessed by that? Yeah, wasn't it fantastic? Some amazing speakers. Uh, Jamie did a great job last week, a really fantastic talk. If you've missed any of those talks, of course, you can get them online uk forward slash talks or our app. I'd encourage you to catch up. So what are we going to kick off with this week? Well, we are having a new series, as I said, and it's on the subject of stewardship. Stewardship. Now, when I say stewardship, what do you guys think of? Hmm? Stop. Distracting me. All right. I'll tell you what I think of stewardship when I hear it, right? This is what I think of. Money and how much I give to God. Finances. Now, on its own, let me just say this, that's wrong. It's wrong. That's not what stewardship is. Of course, we are called to steward our finances, but actually that's not what stewardship is. And you see, the problem is, is if we only think that's what it is, we are missing out big time on what God has for us. We are missing out big time. Because when we fully grasp, fully understand and walk in stewardship, God has got so much for us, let me tell you. And so over the next seven weeks, we're going to go really deep in stewardship and probably challenge some of your thinking, challenge the way in which you act. And by the way, we shouldn't be surprised at this, right? So at the start of the year, Chris will normally come here and proclaim what God has for us as a people, right? Here's a test. What is it this year? Coming of age. Was that you, Joe? Well done. Good job. Coming of age. What does that mean? It means coming to a place of maturity. Coming to a place where we are trusted with the keys to the house. And Chris did that little, what was it? 21 today. I'm not old enough to know that, obviously. But it was something along those lines. It's coming to a place where God can trust us with increased responsibility for increased fruit to extend his kingdom. So therefore, there should be no surprise that God wants us to go deep on this subject. And what I'm going to do today is really do a bit of scene setting, set the foundation so that the rest of the six weeks kind of is coherent and kind of makes sense. So probably more teaching than preaching this morning. And uh, in fact, before we kick off, why don't we pray and then we're going to get straight into it. Lord, I want to thank you for having fun with you. Thank you that doing this journey is a fun thing, and you've got amazing plans for us, even greater than we can ever hope or imagine. And so part of this series, Lord, is is helping us walk in all that you have for us. 
opening our eyes to the plans that you have for us corporately and us individually. And as Richard prayed earlier, Lord, would we we leave this place changed, transformed, different than when we came in? Open our ears afresh to hear you. Open our hearts to receive you. And open our eyes to see you in new and fresh ways. And Lord, please anoint me to preach your word, I pray, in your name. Amen. Amen. All right then, so we said what stewardship isn't, so let me ask you the question, what do you think it is? Well, if it isn't just money... What does stewardship mean? Of course, I could have just given you a definition. But that, quite frankly, would have been a bit boring. And I would have finished by now. So what I want to do is go really deep and actually find out what the heart of stewardship is. And the thing is, what you'll find is that stewardship is actually in here. It's found right here. It's inside us. It's a part of our DNA. It's actually part of our calling. You see, to really understand what stewardship is, we first need to understand these two things. How God made us and why God made us. How God made us and why God made us. Until we understand these things, it doesn't matter how many definitions you get of stewardship, you won't truly be able to walk in it effectively. And no surprises then, if we need to answer this question, how God made us and why God made us, we will find it in the very beginning. So let us turn together to Genesis, the first book of the Bible, of course, and why not chapter 1, and uh, verses 26 to 30. We're going to read together. Turn with me, if you will. We'll have it on the screen as well. Genesis chapter 1, 26. Are we there? Great. Here we go. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in numbers. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I had give every green plant for food and it was so. All right, let us unpack this together. Here we go. Firstly, what does it say? Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. You see that? You know, when we read this to children, and in fact for adults, I think it helps us, doesn't it, kind of visualize how God could look like. Oh, okay, he might have two hands and he might have legs. He's similar to us. And you know, that's fine, but actually, this is not really what this is talking about. It's not just about looks. You see, it really speaks to the heart of God's design for us. What do I mean? You see, God is saying here, he's saying this. I'm going to create mankind in my likeness, my ability to love, my ability to have mercy, to pour out grace, to laugh, to cry, to create wonderful, wondrous things that solve problems, create opportunities. 
I'm going to create mankind in my likeness to be able to call upon the very resources of heaven. I'm going to create mankind in my likeness so that they can reflect my image and my glory in everything that they do. That's what God is saying here when he says, I'm creating mankind in my likeness. You know, um, I've had the, the blessing of working for many great companies over my career, and, and one of them was Yahoo. I started with them in 2003. That was a year when, when, when uh, Google was who? And Facebook was what? And these were the, it was great days. You know, Yahoo was riding on crest of a wave as an aside. This year, they'd been sold to Verizon for four billion, I think, roughly. That might sound like a lot of money, but you know, Microsoft offered them 25 billion about eight years ago, and they said, no, 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 we can do better than that. I don't know why I'm boring you with this, but anyway, there you go, as an aside. Thank you. Taking notes is important to get some corporate history from Silicon Valley. Um, but great company. And uh, we had this curious phrase at Yahoo, which was, I, we bleed purple. I bleed purple. What does that mean? Well, some of you may know Yahoo is the color purple. And what we actually meant was, if you cut us up inside, we're, we're Yahoo. We're Yahoo through and through. We, we eat Yahoo, we walk Yahoo, we sing Yahoo. In fact, we did, right? Who remembers? Yahoo! The Yahoo Yodel. Very cool. We were Yahoo through and through. I have a point to this, don't worry. Um, thanks, mate. Just bear with me. You see, as Yahoos, we bore the image of the brand. Listen. We bore the image of the brand, all that it stands for. You see, we were inculcated with the values of the brand in order that we could be trusted to steward the resources of the company to extend its mission. You see this? That's why, that's why we had to bear the image of the brand, otherwise we couldn't be effective at what we did. We had to know and live and breathe what the mission was in order that we could be trusted with the resources of the company. And you may, you may be working with a company, the same thing. It's all about what are the values of the organization? What are we doing? Okay, now I realize this is a, an imperfect illustration, but you kind of see where I'm going with this. Thank you. The reason God, listen to this, is important. The reason God created us in his image was that he was looking for a people who would work with him in extending his mission, his kingdom. So that we could reflect him, carry out his mission, so that we were able to expose, expouse his values and to use his resources to do it, not our own. And this is where I'm coming to. He didn't give the task to the lion. He, the lion wasn't created in God's image. He didn't give the task to the dog or the cat. You can see my point. He looked at mankind and said, I'm going to create them in my image in order that they can extend my kingdom. We see at the heart of stewardship is the design God has for us. You know, 1 Corinthians 3.9, Paul says this, for we are God's fellow workers. As we say here, we're part of the family business. God looked upon us and said, you're going to work with me in extending my work. You see, here's a point. If you want to write one thing down, write this down. Stewardship is the resulting call of being created in his image. There it is. That's the heart of stewardship. Stewardship is the resulting call of being created in his image. They are one and the same, intrinsically linked. You cannot have one without the other. And we know this because if we carry on reading, 
After God says, I'm creating mankind in the image, he says, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. In other words, hey, Mark, I'm the owner of all of these and I give you all of it for the purpose of extending my work. Do you see that? I've created you in my image so that you can do all these things that I'm calling you to do. You see, being a steward is not about how good we are at managing our finances. That's not stewardship. It isn't about how we use our talents. That's not stewardship. It's all about how we use all that God has given us for his kingdom, for his purposes. That's what stewardship is. Nothing else in the Bible, by the way, will make any sense, including stewardship, if we miss the fact that God is the creator and he owns all things. If we don't realize the fact that we are the created and that we are the creator, we will always walk the wrong rhythm, the wrong pace, the wrong direction. Psalm 24, you cannot put it more succinctly than this. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Amen. It's all his. Stewardship is not God taking or demanding something from us, guys. You know, it says in Ephesians 5.20 that he has prepared good works for us to walk in. That is extending his kingdom. Extending his kingdom is not leaving your job and becoming a missionary, although may God may call you to do that. Fantastic. It's about whichever sphere of influence you are in, it's using all that God has given you to extend his work, and he has prepared those works for you. That is stewardship. It's being trusted with all of heaven's resources to extend his kingdom. And over the next six weeks, the guys are going to unpack different areas whether that be talents or time or energy or money, and look at how we do that. But there is a problem with stewardship. There is a problem, though, isn't there? Let's be honest with ourselves. If I ended this talk now, intellectually you might say, well, that's fantastic, Mark. But there's, it's not that easy. And this is where I want to get to and what I want to focus on. There is a problem with stewardship, and I'll tell you some of the problems I have. Why is it that we squirm when we hear the word Stewardship. Ooh. Why is it it just feels too hard? What's the point? Why is it that we think, and maybe I'm unique in this, that being a good steward is about limiting what we can do with what's left over when actually the opposite is true? Well, if I give God this, I've only got this left, what am I going to do with this? That's the lie that holds us in bondage from not walking in all that God has for us. Here's something else. You see, if the call and the reason of stewardship is a result of the image of God in us, follow me on this, this is important, then the reason we fail in stewardship is because something has happened to the image of God in us. Are you seeing this? I'm going to read that again. You see, if the call and the reason of stewardship is a result of the image of God in us, and we've seen that, right, intrinsically linked, then the reason we fail, the reason it's so hard, the reason that we have difficulties is because something has happened to the image of God in us. That's the root cause. We read about it only in two chapters later. What happens? This is really important. Satan comes and tempts Eve, right? Genesis 3, verse 4. God knows, he's saying to Eve, that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil, right? We know this. Now, this is how subtle the lie is. Think about this. The truth is, Adam and Eve were already like God. 
I'm going, hmm, yes, it's true. They were already like God. God said only two chapters ago, I'm going to create mankind in my likeness. So what happened when they disobeyed God? Sin came in. And by the way, they did know evil, didn't they? <laughs> they thought they were getting something amazing. You see, sin entered in mankind, and this is what happened. At the heart of it, sin corrupted the image of God in us. Love turned to fear, right? An open and loving relationship with Adam and Eve turned to bitterness. Well, that was the woman. A longing for God to be his fellow worker, a longing to be a steward, was tarnished. And the result, we ran away from our calling. Do you see that? We ran away from being stewards. It was too hard. We said no to his call. We hid in shame and guilt. You know, the enemy knew what he was doing. <clears throat> Excuse me, knew what he was doing. Corrupt the image of God in man, and man will no longer be an effective steward for God, effectively extending his kingdom. Pride comes in, you see. And we think that all of our endeavors should make us look good, not God. <laughs> Fear comes in, and we think we lack instead of having access to the very resources of heaven. Greed comes in, and we don't want to give to those in need because I need it for myself, thank you very much. Selfishness comes in, well, I'm too tired to serve these other people. What about me? This is just my list, by the way, I'm just sharing with you. I'm sure your list isn't as long. But this is what happens. You see, the image of God corrupted in us and leads us not to walk in stewardship. And, and so what does this mean? Well, that's quite depressing, Mark. Are you preaching a sermon whereby you're saying we can't be stewards? Well, if it wasn't for one man, the answer would have been, yes, I'm afraid that's the case. If it wasn't for one man, then Adam and Eve would have left the garden and it would be end, end of the story. You and I would not be in here having this conversation. But we know that God had designed to redeem the image of God in us, to redeem our call to stewardship. That was his plan from the outset. This came as no surprise to God, by the way. This came as no surprise. So we have to understand what happens in the Old Testament, you see. We see God, he gives his law on stone, the Ten Commandments, to direct his people to live lives that were holy, to steward all that God had given them. And as part of this, there was a covenant relationship. God implemented a sacrificial system, right? So that man and woman, when they sinned, could atone for their sins through a sacrifice. But here's the thing. As Paul says in the New Testament, this covenant was never going to be permanent. It could never work long term. It could never work long term. Why? Because, and this is important, the flesh hadn't changed. The law wasn't written on our hearts. It was on stone. You see, the image inside us was still corrupted. You see, we were going uphill in the old covenant, being dragged by the law versus being propelled from the inside out of love. You see the difference? Our hearts were still stone at this point. And you might say to me, so Mark, what is the point then? What was the point of the Old Testament of the Old Covenant if God knew it wasn't going to be permanent? Well, Paul says it like this, in order to show a better way, a better covenant. Galatians 6.15, make a note of this. Paul says this, For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision. In other words, the law doesn't count for it. But, he says, one thing, a new creation. That was the only solution. That was the only answer. That was the only way. 
You see, we had to be born again of the Spirit. God had to restore the broken image in us. And so, he sent his Son, the image of the Father. He sent his Son, Jesus. And Jesus' mission, to save the world from sin. Jesus' mission, to restore the image of God in his people. To enable us to have his law written on our hearts. You see, stewardship has been propelled out of love and consecration. And Chris is going to look at this next week. You see, God's solution to this. Ezekiel 36, 26 in the Old Testament prophesies saying, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. That was God's plan. And so when we say yes to Jesus, what we're saying is, is that we, we die to sin and we rise as new creations in Christ Jesus. We saw that at the baptism a few weeks ago, didn't we? A symbolic act of dying to oneself to the sin and being resurrected again, identified with Christ into a new life as a new creation in Christ Jesus. And so in that moment of saying yes to Jesus, God restores the image in us. One degree of glory to the next. The life of Christ is in us. The perfect sacrificial lamb. The perfect image bearer of the Father. And you see, when God looks at us, he looks at us as holy. Because the righteousness of Jesus was imputed to us. Given to us. That's our positional sanctification. But we also know that we have to work that out. We have to live and walk in that reality. And that's called the process of sanctification. Where we get better and better and better. From one degree of glory to the next. And so therefore it doesn't mean, just because it means that positionally we've been sanctified, it means as we walk in that, it isn't always easy. Let me tell you, the image of God is restored in you, but we've got to realize that and walk in that. And because we've still got the flesh, the world, and the enemy, we find it difficult. We do, we fall. But we have confidence that we can walk in the image of God in us. It says, isn't it, in Romans 8, 50, 37, we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. You see, when Jesus went up, he sent the Holy Spirit, right, to enable us to walk in our position. And we look in Galatians 5, 22 to 23. What are the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And what, what, what is the fruit? <laughs> it's the image of God being restored in mankind. You know, God creates and sin corrupts. You know, the enemy doesn't create evil stuff, guys. It's just that sin corrupts the stuff that God's created. You see wonderful, creative people out there, deep in sin. But you can see glimpses of the image of God that's been corrupted in them, the ability to create, to do amazing things. So what does this mean for us as I invite the band up? 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says this, God is able to make all grace abound to you, that always, having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance of every good deed. That is the promise of stewardship, that you would have an abundance in all that God has for you. That is the heart of stewardship. It's not about what we give to God, it's about what he gives to us and trusts us to walk in to extend his kingdom. Let me share with you a... Um, Something I was being prayed for a couple of years ago in an SMT, small ministry team. If you're interested, you've got to be part of a connect group. Speak to your connect group leader. 
If you're not part of a connect group, why not? Can I say that? Okay, good. Why not? <laughs> Den saying, say it again. And I was getting prayer, and, and, and it was a season where I was transitioning from one thing to the next. And um, I was asking the question about resources, Lord, what have you got for me next? And I had a picture as I was being prayed for, and I was walking with the Father, with God next to me, I was holding my hand. I was walking into a playground. And as we walked in, what I saw in front of me was, you know, like a, a climbing frame kind of set up. And as I was playing on it, I felt God saying, this is what you've created thus far, Mark. And you've done a good job. You're used to it. And you know when kids get older and they go to the, to the playground again and they're able to completely master this thing that previously they'd find a challenge. I said, okay, God, but what, what, have, you, what have you got for me next? You know, what, what does next look like? And he pointed. He was sitting down on the bench as a father watches their kids play. And he pointed over there and there was a ton of, ton of uh, materials he said, go and build the next climbing frame. Go and build it. I trust you, son. I've created you for such a time as this. You have everything you need over there. And if you need me, just shout. I'm just over here. See, that for me is a, is a picture of stewardship. It's about realizing that God has got a wonderful plan for each one of you in every sphere of your life, every influence, every area of influence. And stewardship is about God saying, I trust you because I've created you in my image to do amazing things. And you will not lack in those good works that I prepared for you. That is the heart of stewardship. Why don't we stand? Lord, thank you that you are speaking to our hearts and you're opening our eyes to new horizons, new, new vistas of opportunity, new accomplishments, new success. That you want us to do amazing things in your name, for your glory. That you have more for each one of us. And by the way, if that's you, you're standing here and you've been saying, Lord, I don't think I've got anything left or What's next for me? God is saying to you and to all of us, I have more for you. But Lord, we know that we, that we battle with fear. We know that we, that we battle, Lord, with feeling like we lack. And so I pray for each one of us that you would open our eyes to the resources that you have for us. And how do we access that? We step out in faith. We cannot please God without faith. Faith says, yes, I trust in you, Lord. Even though by my eyes it looks like I cannot do it, I know in my spirit that you are with me. And so I pray for each one of us, Lord, that you would enable us to walk in that which you have for us, that we would be effective stewards of everything that you've given us. And as you say, Lord, when we are faithful in the small things, you will give us even more. And I pray for more for each one of us. In your precious name, amen.